Hello and welcome to the second week of NFL Only Better for this season, of course. And we're crashing along towards 100 episodes. And, well, you know, just thinking out loud, we'll have to do something a little bit special for episode 100. Uh, but <laughs> Party joined, in Dublin! <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by Iron Mike Carlson and John Balfe. And gentlemen, I'm, I'm going to, you know, leave the pleasantries aside and just, just talk about what is dominating the news, which is... Um, well, John, you'd be no stranger to only lasting 75 seconds. So uh, <laughs> when you saw what happened to Aaron Rodgers, uh, oh, we shouldn't joke. Look, um, I mean, just he's out for the season. Uh, his career could be over. We don't know. Do, mm-hmm. what, what, what are we thinking about this? This? Well, I mean, the first the first thought that I had is that you got to hand it to the NFL scriptwriters. Like, I didn't see this particular twist coming. It's a great, so. it's a great twist in the opening. It really, episode. really is. Like, I mean, it's one of the biggest cliches in all of sports that the phrase like you couldn't write this kind of thing. But like, nobody would have seen this. You know, Aaron Rodgers had like a two year exit from Green Bay. <laughs> There's all sorts of talk about where he's going to go. It seemed it seemed for a long time it was going to be the Jets. They ended up getting him. They tailor the entire team, basically, or at least the offense, to his standards. They bring in Nathaniel Hackett, his old offensive coordinator from uh, from Green Bay. They bring in a bunch of players, Alan Lazard and, and a couple of others, to sort of you know make him feel at home. And then, without even completing a pass, four plays into his New York Jets career, he gets <laughs> he gets what could be like you know it's it, we know it's a season ender. Is it a career ender? I mean, I think that's 50-50. We'll see how that kind of plays out, obviously. We can't retire him on this podcast as much as some people would probably like us to. Um, but yeah, like that was just, you know, you there's something... Pure there's, Jets. There's, I was going Very to say, Jets. there are some teams in the NFL and like, you know, I kind of follow them, one of them too, the Cleveland Browns, where it just doesn't seem like anything can go right. You know, it just doesn't seem like a franchise that is built on solid, on solid ground. And, you know, it's just... If you're a Jets fan, this is the most dispiriting thing that could possibly have happened. <laughs> the, the point is, they, they came in there and they, they threw in Zach Wilson, their much maligned second round or second pick in the draft a couple of years ago or third or one of those things anyway. But they brought in Zach Wilson, the, the prodigal son who had a you know terrible, terrible start to his career. And he goes and like helps them over the line, helps them beat the Buffalo Bills, one of the favorites to win the entire yep, Super Bowl. Second or third favorite. Yeah. Exactly. He played, so. he played a nice, yeah, Zach played a nice controlled game and everybody you know, was immediately screaming about who's going to, who are they going to bring in? You know, who's going to be the replacement for Rodgers? Well, they have, they have him there, as you said, high draft pick, uh, you know, who probably would have learned a lot sitting and watching, you know, and, yeah. and uh, but he played a controlled game, which is all they asked him to do. Didn't make makes, huge yeah, mistakes. It makes, me, it makes me kind of think that maybe the plan all along was to get two years out of Rodgers and then let him hand it back over to Zach Wilson and see yeah, him go from maybe. there. They, they maybe have just have to fast forward that a little bit. That's 40 plus and, games. And, you know, they had Paul yeah, Paul had a big game, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, and Cook will come around. So that obviously they can run the ball. Wilson had a good, great game. And the defense, um, you know, the defense so was very good. The as defense, well. and the defense the played that's, really well. I mean, yeah, that's, that's absolutely, the thing for absolutely. Jets fans. I think that uh, um, people, Jets fans, are, are going to be looking at this and saying, well, look, the defense looked amazing at times, you know. So it's it's really a case of what could have been. We mentioned them in, their, in our um, season preview and the price that they were. You know, which was which was you know it's in and around twelve, sixteens. Um, they're fifty to one to win the yeah. Super Bowl now. Um, I think that's you know it's probably that's about right, right, really, isn't it? It's about right, you know, <laughs> and they're not going to win a Super Bowl. It's a tough one for Rodgers. You know, we've 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 given him a bit of grief sometimes on this show, but obviously he is a fantastic player. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, he did amazing things at Green Bay. 
I, I guess, Mike, you've been you've been around long enough to maybe have a stronger opinion than any of us on. Do you think we'll see him again? Uh, my, my guess is probably it probably depends on like what he was saying, talking to the guy, the UFOs that he saw um, during the week before the game in New Jersey. Um, he was out and watching them land over the marshlands or something. Um, so, you know, if 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 they want him to keep playing, uh, you know, rather than say get a probe and go to whatever planet they come from. Um, I think there's a good chance he'll have something to prove. Achilles is tough tough to come back from. Um, but he's not know, the most mobile quarterback though, so perhaps, you know. Well, he he yeah. it's it was yeah, it was um it was deceptive. Rodgers had pretty good mobility, you know, and and a lot of it was anticipation. And the 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 Packers offense was built on his mobility basically or or his Packers offense was because he liked it when plays broke down and he could then keep the play alive for a couple of seconds. That may be the the biggest factor for him though. Mm. The other one might be how well Wilson plays, you know, if the Jets go a long way, they probably won't want to make the change and spend the money. But I mean, he got paid $15 million per pass per play, basically, mm. <laughs> for this season. And you could say Joe Douglas is really smart because he he was traded for a conditional first round pick, mm-hmm. um, which becomes a second now, um, because he won't won't have played enough snaps during this season. So they save a, a first round draft pick next year. Yeah, well, what a 75 seconds for everyone. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it could be it could be that we we will see Rogers again, um, and there there are rumors as well that the, he was slightly complaining about some of the play calls that he felt left him open to injury. Um, so he was, uh, was proved right there. Uh, but I, well, I think it's, it's probably put the Jets away for the year. Um, well, you could say, I mean, if you wanted to do a deep dive, you could say that the Jets' offensive line problems are still there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, they, it, they managed to get the quarterback injured. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, I, I don't think you know that's a kind of it's a kind of freak injury, fluke injury. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's the kind of hit that most of the time you would expect the quarterback takes without a problem. It's it's just the positioning of the leg when you're hit. I can tell you, I actually did some damage to my Achilles a couple of years ago, and even after it healed, in the mornings when you're going down the stairs, you will feel it right in the area I, for I, months I, after. I, I did mind playing lacrosse and actually played the next week um, because I'd gone to the emergency room and they had, after four hours I left because they hadn't seen me and, and um, uh, it got diagnosed as a tear. And I, I just, I played defense instead of midfield. And so I didn't have to run a lot. And I just I kind of stood there poking people with my stick, but <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. It's the movement. After, after about just six, yeah. You don't get back right away. You know, you're, you're subconsciously kind of favoring that, that leg for me it was like six months before i was running again and then a year before it actually felt comfortable running on it um, yeah it's a long road back you know up. i i didn't have ayahuasca to help me heal and you know modern t- training techniques and that kind of stuff but neither did i uh, i just had you know just the will, i thought it was the kind will of, to get down the stairs it was kind of poetic justice that everybody was screaming about that chase Chaz Sturat block on the punt return. Because if you remember Buffalo against New England last year, when Naheem Hines had the two kickoff returns uh, on the second one, there are a couple of blatant bo- blocks in the back that didn't get called. Um, and when I looked at that return at watching it live, I thought that's an illegal block, um, not tripping, which is what everybody's saying, you know, that he he swung his feet out. But you're not allowed to block below the waist in the NFL. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bills one was obviously was a a period as well of um, you know great celebration in Buffalo as yeah uh, the player whose name slipped mind had returned and was watching that game. That was that. So there was refs aren't going to call that back, and it's very difficult for no. Even if actually, even if they did, a field goal wins the game, so it's highly likely that they're in a position to win the game anyway. Let's um, as we always do, but just a little bit earlier. Let's forget about the Jets for a while. Uh, and move I do on that every to... week. I do that all the time. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, we That's actually do have peril. some Jets fans. We do have some Jets fans because they really dislike how much we make fun of them. Oh, really? oh my God. Uh, oh. But there was so much to talk about in week one. I mean, as John sort of said, like if the script writers, we, we spoke about uh, that the, um, the, the opening game can be dodgy. And we've seen some strange mm-hmm. things happen to the Lions beat the Chiefs. Uh, I made the Bengals my best bet and couldn't believe what price they were and they go and not score a touchdown along with Houston not scoring a touchdown as well. Um, I'll get you some stats on the Tennessee opening Tennessee not weekend. scoring a touchdown. T- Tennessee not scoring mm. a touchdown. Yeah, there was a couple of really, really odd stats coming away from the weekend. Uh, one Joe that really Burrow, stuck- Yeah, go on. Joe, Joe Burrow throwing for 86 yards was interesting, I thought. <laughs> yeah, now Burrow looked like Aaron Rodgers um, after the injury, basically. <laughs> you know, he... he um, he wasn't moving comfortably mm-hmm. in and especially when, you know, that moment of acceleration, when you decide you're leaving the pocket. And so you want that first step to be decisive. It wasn't. Um, yeah. Well, he looked like I, a guy. He was, he was favoring a calf injury there, didn't he? So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good analysis. This, basically. Great analysis, John. This doesn't it's take into nice account nice. Monday night's game because uh, I did it on Sunday. I'm lazy. But underdogs nine and six against the spread. Road teams 12-3 against the spread. Road dogs eight and two against the spread, but the one that really sticks out for me unders 11 for four. So we saw some low scoring games. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. just, uh, I saw a stat just to back you up on that, Kieran. Not that I think you're Girlfriend. telling fibs. But... <laughs> <laughs> I just make the stats up just before we go on air. Phrase, why I phrase it like that. But yeah, uh, I'm not, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but this was the lowest scoring opening weekend in the NFL in quite a lot of years. Yeah. It was week four of the exhibition season, basically. Mm. Um, you know, lots of Especially teams didn't get ready. And yeah, <laughs> and lots of teams, you know, didn't play their starters and and suffered. And and some teams like Pittsburgh played their starters when other teams weren't, and everybody got all excited about Pittsburgh, myself included. I thought, yeah, you know, they they've drifted good. now for the Super Bowl. And um, yeah, they and so well, I all three of us, uh, I will remind us on our best bets got ruined. Although I, I I'm going to complain the loudest because Washington minus seven still looks like a, a best bet, and they just managed to play their way out of it, and it's insanely so, you know. Um, but it, I, I just thought. I just thought um, there was a moment on Red Zone when Scott Hansen said, "In those are in the early window, um, all all eight, all eight uh, road, all eight home teams lost except for three. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah. <laughs> I said that that's a clean sweep. Yeah, <laughs> um, Red Zone the first the first five minutes of Red Zone, you had two quarterbacks completing passes to themselves." to different quarterbacks in different games. Plus, you had a kickoff return where the other team stole the ball. Amari Hooker stole the ball in the tackle. And you could see everybody on the Tennessee sidelines, you know, pointing in the other direction. And a flag fell. And, of course, we cut away from it. It took took another five minutes before you found out what had actually happened. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing about the Giants game that I wanted to touch on very quickly before we move on, there's so much to talk about about last week and how it shapes this week, of course. Um, 
No team has ever lost 40 to nil or worse, lost a sack battle 7-0 and or worse, lost a turnover battle 3-0 and or worse, had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown and threw a pick six in the same season. The Giants did it all in their first game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess that's one where we're just going to, like, if I was a Dallas fan, which I'm not, although I am accused, I wouldn't be going too mad because it's hard to know because they just were so bad, the Giants. They were so bad. Yeah, I'd be worried. Um, and I, I thought the most interesting thing was Dallas's defense was so good. And in a sense, the Giants and Jets seemed to have the same problem, which was their O-line was getting beaten up, um, you know, pretty, pretty thoroughly and makes it hard to do almost anything. But, you know, Micah Parsons had a great game. Um, obviously, Quinn is you know relishing you relishing using him in a slightly different role this year. And, and offensively, I mean, if they can get that kind of performance every week from Tony Pollard with 14 carries, you know, that's golden. That's mm-hmm. everybody was saying, well, who's going to be the other back this year? You know, behind Tony. And, and they didn't really, you know, they they had a couple of guys. And they played they played okay, but Pollard looked Pollard looked great on limited carries, and you know, and um Otherwise, they were just efficient and good. Mm. Um, okay, L- last call. Who should be, I suppose, most worried about their performance? Um, let's take Houston out because we weren't really thinking that they were going to be yeah, involved no, the, in the, the shakeup. The three, the, the three rookie quarterbacks did pretty much what you'd expect the three yeah, rookie they quarterbacks were, they were to fantastic. do. I, but I think, like if you're you know, a Bengals... Just, yeah, yeah, I think like, on that thing, I, I would actually say, you know, again, with the caveat of it being week one and that's kind of a crapshoot and... You know, some teams come into the first week of the season and different levels of preparation, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the Bills, Bengals and the Chiefs all lost, but it was the Bengals were the only team that got beat up. Like they, the Browns actually just put a beating on Cincinnati on every side of the ball. Like the, the defense absolutely dominated them. The offense, you know, I mean, it was a Nick Chubb performance. Deshaun Watson wasn't amazing, but he was still about, you know, he still got twice as many as yards as um, as Joe Burrow did. So I think that is a uh, that is a factor that I wouldn't be terribly happy with if I was a Cincinnati fan. It kind of continues as well. I mentioned it last week, but now Joe Burrow is now one in five against the Cleveland Browns since he's entered the league, and that's that's not just that's a trend now. That's not like a statistical anomaly. It's there. It just seems like sometimes there are teams that have other teams' numbers, and it just seems like the Cleveland Browns have have the have the Bengals where they want them these days, which is a strange thing to see for a team that's kind of been such a dominant force in the AFC for the last two years. Um, I just want to let everyone know, I'm actually just getting breaking news as we are speaking um, that obviously based on the Aaron Rodgers injuries um, that Betfair are going to um, do a justice refund and refund um, NFL regular season MVP bets on Rodgers, AFC East most regular season passing yards and Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP and, and Ahmed Gardner to win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers to win MVP and Robert Sala to win Coach of the Year, etc., etc. Wow. Uh, Rodgers, regular season interceptions, total passing touchdowns, regular season total passing yards, etc., etc., are all being refunded. Um, so if you had oh, a bet on any of those kind of markets, um, yeah, you should be getting your money back. Kind if of I had Rodgers under on the interceptions total, I'd be really angry now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, look... 
swings swings and roundabouts, isn't, <laughs> isn't it? I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm so still look, on him. I'm still on him for MVP. We are. <laughs> we 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 will move on to what has happened to what what shall happen. Although obviously the past shapes the future, as I believe a wise Ooh. philosopher once said. I think it was in um, Independence Day, the movie. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that almost sounds like an Aaron Rodgersism as well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it uh, was, it was Rogers, Sant- he would have ended by going, or does it? <laughs> yeah. it? It was George Santayana who said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Wow. That's not the show title. Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. I bet you it is, actually. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, 3-10, to 10, the Philly Eagles, uh, plus 7, uh, over under 48.5. Uh, it's a good Thursday night football. Um, we haven't spoken about either of these uh, two sides, Vikings or Eagles. Um, Mike, were you impressed with the Eagles? Um, in certain areas, yes. Um, also, as George Santayana, who played defensive tackle for the um, <laughs> Titans. <laughs> um, no, um, this was the week two Thursday night game last year. Um, and it was 24-7 to the Eagles. Uh, which I just found interesting the way history does repeat itself. I thought the Eagles defense played pretty well. Um, you know, they look like they'll be a real force again. They lost Nakobe Dean um, to injury and that, that kind of hurt them, but up front, they are uh, a force. Having said that the Patriots were playing with two rookies at the two guard spots and a free agent pickup, uh, you know, undrafted guy, uh, Anderson, who they had originally signed years ago and then drifted around the league and came back, and he was their starting tackle. So the defensive line should have looked really good. I, I I couldn't quite figure their offense out, and I think a good part of that is down to the Patriots' defense. Um, I thought Belichick did a, a great job, or whoever is designing the defense, of holding them in check. And I couldn't figure out why DeAndre Swift didn't get many touches and why Rashad Penny was a was a healthy scratch, because he's healthy so little. You would think you would want to use him while you while you have him. Um, so I couldn't quite figure that that play calling out. But they held Jalen Hurts in in check really well, and I'm sure Brian Flores um, will be looking at that, and you know um, he'll have his own kind of surprises for for them. The defense that Minnesota played last week was was really good. Um, it was if you if you watch it, it was just they were they were changing everything around. You you couldn't tell what they were doing on any given play. Some you know kind of really weird coverages and things. Um, so I suspect that te- that um, the Vikings will be able to keep it relatively close. But you know I don't see how you can go against Philadelphia at home. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, I, what I what I thought, Mike, is that the Patriots game was a really odd game because this Eagles like fired out into a sixteen point lead, and you're like, "Oh, this is going to be a bit of a blowout," and then didn't score until the third quarter. At that stage, it was two points in it. Um, yeah, and it then only they scored kind of, three field goals. Yeah, and the then there was half. yeah, there was only field goal, field goal in the second half. So it's a slightly odd game to kind of judge both sides. Um, Bardad Zeke seems to be. Going to get more of a more of a carry than I thought he would. Now he only registered twenty nine yards off seven carries, but I didn't expect him to be kind of the number one, which he slightly appears to be for the Patriots. But we'll watch that over the season. Um, John, yeah, that's a hard game, so it makes kind of this game maybe it's just like it's the Eagles' first home game of the season. They're you know one of the teams that we all expect to go very very far. Mm-hmm. 
seven points, you know, that's a touchdown. It's a push. It's a tough one to call. It is, yeah. Like I, I'm kind of leaning towards taking taking Minnesota on the handicap there. I think this just, you know, I, I, the Eagles are going to be a good team this year. But I, I, it was kind of just, you know, I'll double down kind of on what uh, Mike, I don't know how Mike was analyzing the game. I think it was to sort of use that cliche game of two halves, and I think that I wasn't very happy from an Eagles perspective about how they let the Patriots back in. So to me, that just says that there's a couple of little deficiencies that can be taken advantage of there. And you know, this is this Vikings team, even last year too, they're kind of flattered to deceive and they get results when they shouldn't and they don't when they should in a way. So I don't know, they're a difficult team to predict, but I just think this might be a tighter game than some would think. So I think, you know, the Vikings can keep it to less than a seven point loss. So that's where I'm going. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I think I'd go under on this one too, strangely enough. Um, back to the honors and go to bed 48-5 yeah um, and you know and that's even looking at the receiving talent that uh, that the Vikings have but um, it's it, it it's almost like if you took those 16 points out of the game which was which was basically a Zeke fumble a Mac Jones terrible throw you know the Eagles didn't have a long drive the whole game mm-hmm. they were always they were always in great starting starting position uh, to get the points and uh, it's just it's just incredibly hard to figure how you know how bad the Patriots were or are uh, or how good the Patriots were or are and you can't really judge the Eagles until you figure that out. Yeah, I saw Tom Brady was obviously at the game as well, uh, being presented with a kind of a Patriots Hall of Fame thing. It would be incredibly funny if he rocked up to the Jets. I was just thinking that exact same thing. He has the chance to just do the funniest thing ever. Just be like, yeah, I, I know one, one listener to the podcast would be very upset if that happens. One more year. One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the games of, of Sunday, I think I think the two best games, I suppose, well, it depends on what you like, but um, Chargers-Miami was a lot of fun to watch. And yeah, Colts-Jags. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Jags are involved in the live game at six o'clock on Sky. They, they host uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who of course lost Week One, uh, eight to thirteen about the Chiefs. The Jags are thirteen to ten, and spread is three points. Um, and we're expecting a lot because the over under is fifty one point five. Um, John, did you see anything um in the Chiefs' loss to the Lions that you would really worry about, or was it just a case of? You know, beating on the. I'd worry about their ability to have a effective offense without Travis Kelsey on the field. I'd certainly, I'd certainly have mm-hmm. concerns about that. You know, Kadarius Tony certainly didn't fill up, you know, himself with, uh, or he didn't, he didn't represent himself very well on, on the pit. Like he would he three, three he's drops. a dropper. He's a dropper, but yeah, he he, he in that one game. Uh, apparently, he equaled his entire collegiate career for drops in one NFL game. So he had three <laughs> in his entire college career, and he had three. He's had like, quite a he's had quite a few in the NFL, though. I mean, yeah. he did with he did with the Giants as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that does you know you know the the Chiefs are a very good team. Andy Reid's a great he's uh, got a great offensive mind. So they will they're not going to be you know just throwing to receivers who can't cast the ball. They'll fit, something something's going to click there eventually. Just the question is whether it happens this weekend away in Jacksonville to what I think is actually looking like a very, very good team at the moment uh, in the Jaguars, which again, just still boggles the mind because uh, I still like, there's still a part of my brain that thinks that urban Myers <laughs> is still there. So, uh, but now it's just to see them as a fully functional team. And particularly with Trevor Lawrence looking every inch, the, the, you know, the number one pick in the draft. Now he's, he's really become 
he's to me he's the next guy that's on the doorstep of being you know of getting into that elite nfl quarterback league or club so i maybe if that happens this year or next year i'm not going to be surprised but calvin ridley looks like a great great addition to that as well and they seem to you know take to each other like a like ducks to water in that one 100 plus yards touchdown you know he, he was looking fantastic so i think this in terms of this game the chiefs will be concerned they will they have a lot of stuff to iron out uh on the offensive side of the ball, but like I said, they will they will get past that. We'll see if Kelsey's back. It's like his injury isn't as bad as perhaps it was first feared in, in, last week. So I don't know if he's back this weekend. If, if not this weekend, it'll probably be next week. But <laughs> they need to have they need to have a plan B for how, how that offense works without Travis Kelsey. Because like we talked about it last week, they the Chiefs because they're, some of their contracts are so big, they've just slowly stripped away some of their other skill position players to leave them with like, okay, it's got to be Mahomes to Kelsey, and let's hope some of these receivers pan out well. And if they don't. What happens is you lose by one point to the Detroit Lions, like they did last week, and I think that's a repeatable result this weekend against the Jaguars. So I think the Jaguars plus three on the handicap is a, is a good bet here. Okay, yeah, I, I think um, I think Kelsey really is the key, and I yeah. I kind of doubt if I were them I would leave him home, you know, leave him my home, let him, let him, oh, yeah, and, and let him let him work on his you know on his injury, and <laughs> because in my mind when you look at it, they. They had a lot more points if Kadarius Tony doesn't drop the ball and and yeah. um, and what's First his name doesn't drop, doesn't drop the ball. You know they have a lot more points now. Whether they can do that again this week defensively, though, even without Chris Jones, they played really well. They held Detroit to two touchdowns, um, and um, you know again it, it, the drop that becomes a pick pick six is is the game. Um, and Jones will be back now. He's he signed a deal. I still haven't seen how much the deal's for, but it's just a one year, a one year job. Um, with the increasing, and we saw with Nick Bosa, you know, he came in and two days later he played forty snaps or whatever um, for the Niners this week. So I think their defense will be better with with uh, Jones there, which means that they'll be pretty good. Um, and to me, the key is basically Travis ATM. <laughs> he's in my he's fantasy team, Mike. He's money in the bank. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is about the Jags is like um when we did our season preview, and of course I listened to a few other season previews and I listened to you know or spoke about some draft, and everyone was kind of like whispering about Calvin Ridley, because obviously there was the issue with him last season. Um, and the Jags had picked him up and it had gone a little bit under radar and everyone was like, you know, well, he's going to be a great in the draft and he's going to change their team. But when everyone says things, it doesn't always work out that kind of way. In fact, the more people agree, sometimes the more you have to go, oh, we're all agreeing. But obviously yeah. eight receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown counting on with Travis Etienne, who had 18 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, it does feel like it's look, it's a small sample size because it's just first game. But Jags did some good business getting him uh, during his suspension. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was he was their number one receiver, um, yeah. you know, in Atlanta, not Christian Kirk, uh, and and that was that was pretty obvious. So it was it was a great move. Um, and to be honest, it's not like you're signing a guy with a heavy heavy, uh, you know, I hesitate to say criminal, but um, you know, a heavy rap, rap sheet against him like some teams will in Ohio with needing a quarterback, um, but. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was. It was a great move then, and, and said so. And and the Jags showed enough in the last half, in the second half of last season, to know to know really that this guy would make a big difference on a Doug Peterson team. 
Uh, and they look, yeah. I hate to, you know, stomp on Urban Meyer some more, but they just look like a well-coached team now. Exactly. You know? Well, they do. They do. I'll tell you, just looking at the stats from the game, they did 342 yards, of which 237 was passing and 105 was rushing. Yards per play was five. So there's, there's, there's a mix there. There's a decent mix. It's not all uh, one or the other. It, it might be a team that we just uh, keep a look at. And obviously, Jags are quite popular uh, to a lot of our listeners as well because we get, we get to see them the most kind yeah. of thing. So, so yeah. all of those players will be Your Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah your London yeah. Jags. Uh, uh, well, we'll see if they if they beat Kansas City, we'll for sure be talking about them we'll, next week. So we'll definitely have to be taken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. If they, if they beat Kansas City, Trevor Lawrence goes into the mix with Tua as the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, the New York Jets uh, uh, take on the Dallas Cowboys. I did see that. It's a slight segue, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, the Jets are in a lot of primetime games. <laughs> yeah, that's good... <laughs> well, you know, Zach Wilson is the most he's a big quarterback draw. in the league. <laughs> They're in like six more primetime games between now and Christmas, yeah, either like yeah. Sunday night football or Monday night football or something like that. It, it was obvious, though. So Zach's going to get some airtime, but uh, the New York Jets <laughs> head to the Dallas Cowboys, who were obviously impressive of week one, uh, beating the Giants 10-3 to about the Jets. The Dallas Cowboys are 2-9. to Look, it's a 9.5 spread. 39.5 is the over-under. So I guess really, John, I'll come to you first on this one. Mm-hmm. Like That's a high spread. It's 10, well, nearly 10, 9.5. The only other team... Is like it 9.5 now? It was 8.5 yesterday. It's 9.5 now, wow. yeah. yeah. The yeah. only other one like that is uh, the Vegas. Raiders at the Bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's it's hard to know that, where both of these teams are, really. Cause is, is that, like, you know, that's a nine and a half spread in this one seems to me to be a little bit of an overcorrection in the market to the Aaron Rodgers injury, particularly given the evidence we saw from the Jets' defense last week. So, the you know, the over-under in this one, at least of yesterday, what did you say it was, Kira? It was 40 and a half 39.5, so which is interesting. It's gone down again. So that suggests that the odds makers think that at least the Jets defense can kind of keep a wraps on the Cowboys offense, but also the fact that they, the, they're with a nine and a half handicap, this doesn't add up to me. I think there's a bit of an opportunity in there to go Jets on the points in this one. And, uh, you know, they're at home in, in, in they won. They just, they had a big win last week, you know, getting a win over the Buffalo Bills swiftly followed by the Dallas Cowboys would be, you know, dream come true scenario for, for New York Jets fans. So that's almost making me think that like they they can't get what they want because they're Jets fans. It's just not, as it's soon not as gonna you work said that, that way. As <laughs> soon as you said that, all of all of your all of your talk about the nine and a half goes right down the toilet. <laughs> it probably does. Uh but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna Stick with the Jets' defense in this one, keeping this a low-scoring, tight game, and therefore I think they can they can finish within nine and a half points of the Cowboys. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys can repeat that forty to forty to zero win over the other New York team. Uh, they can definitely win this game, but I think the Jets keep it closer. I, I think I think covering the over on this one and shutting out the Jets would be the greatest poetic justice mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd ever seen a second 40 to nothing yeah, um, at home. Remember they were on the road last week and yeah, the you know, it's an interesting contrast. The giants were down 16, nothing and they went further down. The Patriots were down 16, nothing. And they said, okay, that, that that's the, the end of that. You know, we start playing, we start playing football now. And um, I, I just found that you know, to to be fascinating in itself. Nine five is a big spread when the when the over under is under forty. That's, exactly That's what I was thinking. That's what we like, all said. It's a quarter <laughs> yeah. of it, like yeah, it's yeah, crazy. it's a quarter of the game score, you know. And so if you figure, 
What, what would you figure in this game? The, I, I would think it would be something like 27-13, which puts it right on the 40 points. See, you know, it's, so. it's it's sorry to interrupt, Mike, but it's an overreaction to the to the to what John said. But it's also an overreaction to a shutout by the Dallas defense. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. which is not gonna like it's not gonna happen every week. I mean, we like it's 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 a huge overreaction to two things there. Um, yeah, which is, like, which is what even with even without Rogers, this is a new Jets offense as well. So I don't, you know, it's still it remains to be seen how effective they're going to be, particularly without the person who was there supposed to be guiding the entire machine. But, you know, they still like, I thought Brees Hall looked fantastic last weekend, 100 and yeah, something yards, 127 yards, didn't, yeah. get a, didn't get any touchdowns. So there are, there are other elements to this offense, but uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Jets in this game, maybe not to win the game, but I think there's something in here. There's something in here for uh, with in the, in that handicap, I think for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and Robert Sala is, is is very you know has shown himself to be an extremely capable coach um, mm. so far. Why was he fired up? I've never seen a coach jumping on the pile in the end zone after that punt return. You know, yeah. well, um, I mean, it's a lot. I, I a lot think if you like, yeah, if you like the Jets that much, I think you almost have to take the over in this game. Yeah, yeah, it's a fine point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be an interesting game. Um, everybody's favorite Cowboys, of course, taking on the Jets. Um, and we're leaning towards the Jets, which is worrying. Uh, Dolphins at Patriots um, is the Sunday night game. Um, actually, do you know what, guys? Before I do that, is there anything else in red zone um, that, um, that you guys wanted? I, I've got a really good stat that I picked out at the weekend. I'm so great with stats these days. I'm just amazing. Um, and it has to do with the Ravens. Give me two seconds while I look through my show alert. Yeah, that's a tough uh, loss with J.K. Dobbins going out. You know, is that after the sitting time out, in three years, or yeah, like that. I, which is why they wouldn't give him a long term contract. And mm-hmm. but now he's going to get paid for the season, so it's kind of like win win for <laughs> he's only 24, I think, as well to have yeah. two, two of those so, injuries. You know, the Ravens uh, but, are uh, in their last 22 games as an underdog, they have covered a spread 18 times, three times as a push, and only not covered the spread once. So, tw- yeah. 18 of the last 22 times they were underdogs, they've covered the spread. And they no, are this, this smells this to me like a Justin Tucker kind of game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that one is one to just to keep an eye on. Based on, and I, I'm also interested in, in. Um, I'm also interested in the Rams being an eight point home dog to San Francisco because the Rams are coming off a good game. Um, they really played well in the second half against Seattle. One on one on the road. Mm. Um, they don't game match for up. Cam Akers. Yeah. I mean, I think he had the lowest rushing yards per play in the NFL for quite a long time. He, I'll, I'll, I'll get the exact stat, yeah. but he I carried don't think, the, I don't he think the ball like twenty something times or something. Yeah. Um, uh, just an insane, insane amount. The other guy, uh, the other running back, Kieran Williams or something. Kieran, Kieran Williams. He looked, he, he looked yeah. pretty good. He did. He's strong. Kyron yeah. Williams, yeah. Do you know what he did? He got the what ball twenty two times and he ran it for twenty nine yards, <laughs> <laughs> and they won. His average is one point three. His touchdown at the end saved him from a really really poor line. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's that. I mean, we can say that's good defense, but just want to watch out for there with him. Yeah, I, uh, I think. Yeah, I think the Rams plus a eight is one of those. I hate that. It's one of those numbers that doesn't really mean much. You know, it's basically the Rams. Can they stay within a touchdown of? Um, of the Niners in this one. I think, and I think that's kind of tempting. 
Okay. Um, the Miami Dolphins, as we mentioned, take on the New England Patriots. We'll move on <sighs> to, the, to the live game. The greatest uh, the Dolphins, coach of all time against the greatest quarterback of all time. Three to four about the Miami Dolphins. Patriots are 11 to 10. Two points to spread. 46.5 is the over-under. Okay, Mike, over. Obviously, two have performed incredibly well. Um, in, in what I said was one of the games of the weekend, which was the uh, well, we call it the battle of the teases. It's two sides that are expected to go pretty close. Uh, the Chargers and the Dolphins saw nothing that w- would change that. I think both were teams were really good. Chargers would be really disappointed with the loss. Miami will be delighted with victory, but they've got you know, you know, 15, 16 more games to sort this all out. Um, are you surprised after you know? eulogizing uh, to and as the greatest quarterback of all time to see that spreads only two points. Or are you suspecting? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I thought Miami would be favored. I, I, to me, to me, they, they should be favored by three, but you know, so I was expecting two and a half. Um, so it's not, it's not that huge, but if you had been, fa- if they'd been favored by more, it wouldn't have surprised me either, um, you know, to try to draw, draw some money in. And the question here is not so much can the Patriots contain the Dolphins defense, which they had some trouble doing last year, but can they generate some offense themselves? Um, And Mm. that's, you know, Miami's front is, is pretty good. And I thought Vic Fangio played a really interesting game. And you might see a bit of that this week because most of the game um, against the Chargers, they were dropping six or seven every play. They weren't bringing blitzers. Um, and they were just making Herbert wait to make decisions to try to find guys open. They were almost giving up the run, you know, because they were dropping back. And and the Chargers had, I think, over 200 yards rushing. Uh, And Herbert managed to keep them and keep the game close, and they had a chance to win. But on that last series, Fangio all of a sudden brought the blitz. And, you know, he sent the extra rushers, and and the Chargers couldn't cope with it. They They just weren't prepared. So I have the feeling you'll see something else like that because I think they'll think that they can confuse Mac Jones into making mistakes. And the Patriots are with Mac with the best will in the world. They're going to be a short passing, short passing team. Yeah. He's got got to move up and down the field without making mistakes. So you know, I'm, I'm tempted here to give the points and take Miami. Okay. John, what do you see? Yeah, I'm the same as Mike. I'm, I'm taking Miami with the points on this one as well. Um, I you know like the greatest quarterback of all time too. Uh, he did throw for <laughs> like, the hype is un- it's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean you're gonna get if you throw if you throw 466 yards in a game you're gonna get hyped up the week after. It's just the nature of this business, I suppose. But like yeah, Tua was good, but you know how good is Tyreek Hill as well? It's just it's insane how good that guy is, and he's he's like an older he's an older receiver now, and he's still got that blistering pace, but also just that there's you know. It's not. It's no surprise to anyone, to you guys, or to anyone listening to the show. You need more than pace and athletic ability to succeed in this league, and he just has something that just sets him apart from other receivers. There's no one like him, and uh, it really kind of proves that that old saying about sure, screw it, throw it up there. Tyreek's out there somewhere. He'll get it, and that's that's yeah. certainly worked for for Miami last week, and that's kind of why, like you know. I do like this this Dolphins team, and I like the offense or just their ability to put points on the board. Like, don't forget, Jalen uh, Waddle had a decent game out there as well. Not he was overshadowed massively by Tyreek Hill, but he still was close. To, I think he got eighty something, ninety something yards, no touchdowns. But it still shows you know you can't just put your best corner on Tyreek Hill and think you're going to shut down the the offense. Waddle's out there as well. That's going to cause some problems. So I think just with that in mind, and also 
kind of echoing what Mike said about Mac Jones, he doesn't have the scoring efficiency, I think, in an offense to the same extent that Justin Herbert had last week. So that's what had kept that game a little bit closer than it should have been. So I think the Dolphins can can win this handsomely. Last, even, last even year, in an away the, game. Yeah, last year, strangely enough, the, the Chargers beat the Dolphins in man-covered one receiver, whether it was Hill or Waddle, but on one side of the field, they played tight press man on him. And they tried to do that again, and it just didn't work. They were prepared for that, and, and you can't, you can't get away with it. And um, Xavier Howard had two straight penalties, which helped the Chargers. I mean, he should have a penalty based on every play. Um, you just should have a, a Xavier Howard official <laughs> who just stands there and throws the flag on every. But last year, that was their big thing. He he got away with with the huge interference when they played the Patriots on Devontae Parker, his ex teammate. And that, and that was the di- difference in the the first game when it was tight. The second wasn't. Um, so yeah, m- m- I stand by <clears throat> I stand by what I what I was saying there. Yeah, I, I, you know, if, uh, and I know we're talking about uh, we're not specifically talking about the Chargers, but when you as you guys were talking there, I, I wonder if they were to continue to slightly disappoint whether Brandon Staley would start to you know the the the, the ring of criticism that he, he can get would it start to get louder and louder. You know, they 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 took a couple of wrong steps last season. Mike, as you said, they you're basically saying that they tried to to redo last year's game plan against a team that were likely expecting it. That feels a little bit like something a head coach shouldn't really do or should be really yeah. like, should be ready yeah, to change. I, I, They're like, I'd oh, agree. they figured us out. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Um, and I think Staley is pretty highly overrated as a defensive coordinator and very highly as a head coach, you know, although he could settle in with some, because I think the defense they ran pretty much was Wade Phillips's defense when he took over there. And to me, Kellen Moore is kind of like an offensive version of Brandon Staley. Um, I've heard somebody say they're play callers, not coaches. They, they have the idea of what's going to work and they, they go with that and say, but it doesn't necessarily react to what's happening on the field in front of them, you know, whether that's score and situation or whether it's when someone like Vic Fangio changes things up and you, you need to adjust and you don't. Do you know what his uh, career coaching record is with the Chargers? Wins Yeah. Um, Considering what, who they have there, you what, know, what's, well, yeah, but every year yeah, they're all, garbage. they're all injured. He's probably two games under 500. He's, he's 19 and 17. Oh, he's two games <laughs> over 500. Okay. okay. It was slow. Well, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I got excited there for some reason. Um, <laughs> right, let's do a big yeah. finish because we're running out of time here, guys. Let's, 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 right. I'll tell you what, finish. we'll take one each. We'll take one each. So, okay. uh, uh, John. I'll, I'll do New I'll do New Orleans so John can Okay, do Mike, you do, you, you, you do Monday Night Football, two games starting within an hour of each other. No idea why. New Orleans Saints taking on the Carolina Panthers. Four to seven Saints. Panthers, seven to five. Three points spread. 40.5 is the over-under. Who you got? 30 seconds. Um, I got New Orleans in this one, even giving up the three. Defensively, I thought they played a really good game. Offensively, they still have some problems, but they'll get better. Bryce Young did, I think of the three rookie, well, the three rookie quarterbacks, Bryce Young looked the most composed, maybe. Um, and I think they'll get some results out of him. But but defensively, Carolina didn't impress me that much. Um this would be a good this would be a good case for the under, I think, in this one of, of 40.5. Okay. John, Cleveland Browns take on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, big old game, 3-4 to four about the Browns. The Steelers are 11-10, to 10, 2.5 is spread. The over-under is 39.5. Uh, 
who you got. It's all, it's all, yeah. it's all, it's a, it's all happiness in Brownsville. It is at the moment. Uh, yeah, they're they're one and oh, first home win to open the season since like, oh God knows when. Eighteen ninety four, something along those lines. And also to sort of piggyback on that, I think. Uh, well, they, no, this is the first time that the Cleveland Browns are favorites for a game in Pittsburgh, I think, since 1989 or something close to that anyway, um, which just speaks about perhaps a little bit of an overreaction to last week's win. But at the same time, uh, I think this Browns team are quite a bit better than Pittsburgh. Uh, the Browns defense, like we were talking about it last week, it looks good on paper and now it looks good in practice. They they very very impressive last week Steelers not so much uh I think Kenny Pickett is still a work in progress I think people like Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith can get to him so I'm liking uh the Browns to win this one in in Pittsburgh but I'm gonna go oh the over when I was looking at the yesterday the over under was 40.5 it's gone down a point I'm still gonna go the under the Browns are a good team for the under these days great defense stuttering offense uh so yeah the under 39.5 I think is the way to go in this one but the Browns to win Okay, uh, I'll let you guys think about what is your best bet of the weekend, um, and let's think let's doesn't enter do, into it. Let's all do a, a good show <laughs> this this time around. Um, I just want to uh, let everyone know uh, to check out the promotions page on the Betfair Sportsbook on Sunday for an NFL offer, and um, that will be taking place on the Bet Builder. Um, I believe it's Bet Five and get a free bet on Bet Builder. Terms and conditions apply. You'll see it on the promotions page. So, get yourself a nice free bet on the NFL if you do get involved in some of the Bet Builder markets. Um, and that is on Sunday. Uh, so do keep an eye out for that. And a reminder, of course, of our other shows uh, that are that are always available here on the podcast network: Racing Only Better, Football Only Better, Cricket Only Better, and Weighed In are all coming your way. And it's a really exciting time as well. Because Premier League is back on Sunday. Thank God, or Saturday, whenever it's back. But the international break's terrible, especially if you're Irish, because we lose every game. <laughs> uh, Kenny in though, always. Um, guys, <laughs> the um, the best bets. Let us go, uh, Mike. You seem to be very, very confident that you have yours. Uh, no, I was very confident last week, and look where that got me. <laughs> Washington, Washington team football or WTF? Who's your own picking them? They, yeah, they tried so hard not to cover. It was it was unbelievable. Uh, there was that great moment though when Kazir White um, had a flying head to head hit on Sam Howell about three yards out of bounds, and Howell then went into the referee who had to leave the game. But as he's lying there sitting on his butt, he throws oh, yeah. the flag. He it was great. By the great Undertaker video. as well. It was great. It was great. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's great. Speaking of the Undertaker, I'm back to being the Undertaker, and I'm doing the under on New Orleans, Carolina. That's my best bet. Forty point five. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, John Buff. Uh, I'm looking at the Baker Mayfield-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers to uh, to win handsomely enough against the Chicago Bears, who. Uh, don't look fantastic with the ball in their hands at the moment, much to the chagrin of my fantasy team, which for some reason has lots of Chicago Bears players in it. No, that's um, your own fault. You picked it. <laughs> I mean, I literally drafted them, so I have no one to blame but myself. Uh, but yeah, I think the, uh, the handicap as of yesterday was minus three. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think Tampa Bay can, can you know, put a few points on the board on this one. So Tampa to beat the Chicago Bears by at least a touchdown. Was what I would go for. Okay, um, I'm going to go for the Green Bay Packers uh, minus one and a half uh, in in uh, in Atlanta. I'm not very impressed with the Falcons, and I actually think Green Bay were um, 
you know, kind of everyone missed just how well uh, Love played. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. played really well. That's one of those weekends because because so much happened, everyone's just missed out that he actually played a really good game and Green Bay looked good. Um, yeah, kind of that's thing, a good so. one. I agree with that. Um, yeah, he looked better it. than Desmond Ritter. You know, and they're they're similar guy. You know, they're they're yeah. in effect rookies, even though they've been around a while. Mm. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who've been watching on YouTube, Mike has been eating um, pretty much the entire episode. So, what have you, yeah, are you eating toast? Yeah, you were eating it's toast cold. before we started, and you just finished it. So let's it's be cold. Honest. Well, I, I if, if I you know I just couldn't resist. It's How many there. slices have you eaten in the forty or something minutes that we've been recording? About half of one. Really? Because yeah. every time I look, you're eating. <laughs> well, you should look more. Um, I've been up. I've been up a long time. I had to walk, walk the dog, pack, pack the, my daughter, and you know. And how, um, how can you manage that without a half a slice of toast? You know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got a few up, John. You don't want to go overboard. <laughs> what you didn't miss was the bit where my um, microphone went dead. I had to restart the whole thing, but fortunately, John was answering a yes or no question. So I had to. I had, to, I had enough time to do that. <laughs> it was Brown's question, wasn't it? <laughs> At least my phone didn't ring this week, which completely threw me off last week. I just stopped listening to both of you, and then you stopped talking, and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> excellent point." NFL, I agree. <laughs> I know this sport. Uh, look, that's it for now. Uh, we uh, we're back next Wednesday, as always. Look through the lines. Hopefully, we'll have a couple of winners uh, there and set you straight. Hopefully, it's exciting. <laughs> we, we better. Yeah, or, or we one better of us back. better at least. Uh, hopefully, week two is as exciting as week one because it really was a cracking one. Not so many touchdowns in the opening games uh, and unders, but uh, some huge stories and some great games. So, hopefully, mm-hmm. that continues. Uh, throughout the season. Uh, thank you so much for listening. A reminder to please do gamble responsible. I'll do that again. Please do gamble responsibly. um, And we'll talk to you next week. From John, from Mike, and from myself, Kieran O'Connor. It's bye for now. See you. Try some toast next time.